Welcome to Space Floor NBA Podcast. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. This is our 24th official episode. Today we're going to be talking about the winners and losers of the NBA trade trade deadline, and then also just sum up the All-Star game, give our thoughts. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. Um, talking about sort of one of the bigger trades of this trade deadline, um, the Raptors made a move to pick up Marcus Saul in return for Jonas Valanciunas. Um basically to match the firepower of the new Philadelphia 76ers lineup that includes Tobias Harris. With with the Sixers sort of stacking up with another all-star caliber player, it was important for a lot of these teams in the Eastern Conference that are Really going to be really going to be competing, and Las Vegas has them basically all tied in terms of odds of making the finals. I don't know that. to to like match to match like you know the Warriors, but also match each other. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that so in my opinion, the Raptors won this trade. Would you agree? Well, I don't want I don't like to phrase it in terms of who won and who lost the trade. As I like to think of it, are they are, a winner? They are, they are a winner from the... That's what I mean. Sorry, yeah. So, not even necessarily the... Ra- that, the, the that they won the trade. The Raptors... two teams can win a yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And two the Raptors are winners from this trade. As in, they, they, they are better after this trade than they were before. I would say so. Not because Marcus Alls this grand prize, but only because they didn't it's an really... Upgrade. They didn't really give up that much. They yeah, gave yeah, up yeah, yeah. Jonas Valanciunas. They didn't give up, like, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi. Mm. I, like, they gave up Delon Wright... C.J. Miles in a second-round pick. Second-round yeah. pick is not worth that much. C.J. Miles has been having maybe the worst shooting season of his career, and Delon Wright, like, barely plays. So, yeah. basically, they just upgraded Jonas Valanciunas to get Marcus All. Now, I don't... Are you about to bring up the contract? I wasn't, but you go yeah. right into that. I think this isn't a home-run deal. I think it's only a win for them, in my opinion, because they gave up nothing for him. Mm. However, I don't think that it's that great because he's getting paid like 25 million dollars a year for the next two seasons and i don't think the raptors really want that especially because when you're gonna have to bring back Kawhi leonard and maybe sign some good pieces to convince him to stay yeah i would say this is a plus but it's not like this big move for sure it's not it's not definitely it's not like a far it's not like far and away like the no, best move the trade deadline i'm, I'm not even saying like, it, it's i'm not saying like oh they didn't trade for a superstar no it's not even like We'll get to the Bucks trade, but I feel like the Bucks trade was a much better trade than this, just because it's a really? better fit, and if they can sign Nico Miritich, well, I mean, because like it, it depends on if they're going to re-sign right. Nico Miritich. But I think I think that, but I think what you got at right there is sort of the maybe a problem in this trade. You talked about re-signing Kawhi and and re-signing you know Marcus All and his contract. Part of the problem with this trade is that Marcus All is like thirty-one years old, or maybe even older. The Raptors are the and, oldest team out of yeah. the good teams in the East. And, and also, so Marcus Gasol is like 31. He's only getting older. And I think I've brought this up. We brought this up when we talked about the Grizzlies before the trade deadline. It's like potential, you know, as a potential move, they would get rid of Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, or both. Um, but Marcus Gasol is not getting any younger. And he's never been particularly athletic. So as the NBA progresses and there's, you know, there's more like small ball lineups where people stretching the floor and, and centers, you know, this like let's all switch on defense. Marcus Gasol might struggle sort of with that playing I disagree. against I think, the top teams the East. I think because but, his game isn't based off athleticism, it'll translate well as he get old as yeah, he gets uh, older. But but games but pe- players' games who are based off of athleticism are the future of the NBA, in my opinion. But think about no no no. Play, players whose games are based off of athleticism are the ones who decline earlier in, in their career. Yes. 
But so think Marcus, about, let's think about, so Marcus talk, think about like the faces. Think about the faces of the NBA going forward. Actually, you know what? So, exception to that, I was like Luka Doncic or something. But I'm thinking about like Giannis and Anthony Davis. Wh- or two. Who's comparing them to Marcus All? What? Who's comparing them to Marcus uh, All? That, that's just, just this is just my argument that going forward, the way that the game is moving is going to be hyper athletic players who can switch on everything. So and, you're saying just Marcus All in general is going to be like unplayable, kind of how? No, I'm not saying. I'm not how saying Jonas that. Valanciunas was unplayable last year in the playoffs. Yeah, but Marcus All is a much better defensive player than than Jonas Valanciunas. Okay, so you're saying like it doesn't have to do with age, but rather just his play style. No, in no, general. no. I, I'm saying I'm saying that Marcus All has survived to date because he's always sort of played this like body you in the post, and and, and he doesn't rely on and these sort of like grit and grind kind of style the Memphis Grizzlies have rolled with for a long time. But and and I think that the Raptors fit that better than most other teams in the league. The Raptors play more of that slow style of basketball than most other teams. Do they? In terms of, like, Kyle Lowry and, like, Kawhi Leonard and, um... Don't I think they play they, defense? Like... Yeah, I think that... I just don't think they're... They're not as, like, fast-paced and, um... Like, fast-break-based as, like, some other... As, like, most other teams in the league. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. <laughs> All right, whatever. Okay. But we're getting super, sort of, like, on a tangent. But basically what I'm trying to say is, like... Marcus Salt isn't getting any younger, right? and but I'm just saying that's not a problem because he's based his career off of not being athletic. But you can't tell me that Marcus Salt in two years isn't going to be less of a factor than he is right now. You can say that about like literally any 31 year old in the exactly. NBA. But that's the point. That's my point. Is uh, any 31 year old in the NBA is going to get worse? Okay, except for LeBron that, James. Like... But 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 I'm saying but I'm I'm saying even now, let's say that. If Marcus All was young, his value to to the current NBA might not be as great as it was five years ago. But I don't think he's like this Roy Hibbert kind of Al Jefferson. Yeah, dude because he's learned like, to stretch the floor. He's learned to shoot threes. He can shoot threes, and he's yeah. also Al Horford. Al Horford levels of passing coming from a big man. Passing, okay, that's that's I would fair. Say that gives him but, a lot more value than just your average mm-hmm. Al Jefferson, Nene any other traditional center yeah. okay so no dis- no, no, no disrespect to Marcus Gasol but i just don't think that he's really like if the if the raptors are going to try to stay good going forward for multiple years Marcus Gasol is not that piece jonas valanciunas is a lot younger than Marcus Gasol but he's also a lot worse yeah but but my oh. point is if it i'm not sure that this that mark the trading for Marcus Gasol really makes Kawhi more likely to stay in the stay on the Raptors. I'm not sure it really makes them much more likely to win the East this year. I don't think it's less likely. It's definitely not less likely. It's definitely more likely that they win the East this year. But I'm not sure it's enough of a difference, you know, to sacrifice. Like, let's get older when you're already an old team, man. and and they, given they didn't give up that much, and I still think they're a winner. I'm just trying to say that like okay. this trade isn't perfect. Okay, can we agree that the Grizzlies? Took L this off season. This off season, or sorry, oh, this this trade deadline. Yeah, this trade deadline. I'd say so. Yeah, I would say not because the trade was so horrible. I like the fact that you're giving up an old piece and kind of rebuilding. However, mm. you didn't even get a first one, a first round pick. Yeah. To just invest in your future, you didn't get any real future assets. No, Jonas Valanciunas does not really count as like a future no. asset. And then also, you have. They didn't get any players that like fans know 
or the fans yeah, yeah, yeah. really like because mm-hmm. the Memphis Grizzlies are broke and people were coming to their games just to see Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley play. But now you don't have one of those guys. And, so but you, also, you, don't, like, you didn't get another player to fill the seats. biggest problem with the Memphis Grizzlies is that they got rid of one of those two guys, Marcus Gasol like, and Mike Conley, for but, didn't get, but didn't get both of, like get, didn't get both of them off the roster. Yeah, you neither you either, either needed to keep them both or get rid of them both, but you shouldn't keep one and, them, keep, and trade one. Instead of trading for Jonas Valanciunas, I would just like trade for like a Tim Hardaway, just someone who can like is kind of entertaining because the Memphis Grizzlies literally cannot rebuild because they're broke. We, I, brought, I brought this as up in, like as in they before. need to sell tickets they so it's hard to, for them to tank yeah they yeah. need to sell tickets because they can't tank because they're losing money every year yeah which is like it's hard to do to as an NBA franchise in 2019 but at the same time like the investment going forward might be to tank so that eventually you get good and make that money back but that's a different, okay. that's a different argument I guess alright let's talk about a different trade um Obviously, this is one that we've already talked about, but so we'll just be brief with this one. Um, the Knicks and Mavericks trading to pair up Kristaps and Luka. Um, obviously, the Mavericks took a big dub in this trade. I think that's pretty straightforward, pretty obvious. Yeah. And we've definitely, I did a, I did a solo episode on this, then we covered it both in a, in a full episode with the two of us. The Mavericks are going to be very good going forward. As long as they don't mess up and don't re-sign Chris Tapps or something like that. Which they could. Which could happen. But the future is very bright for the Dallas Mavericks. They also, Um, we also have to talk about that they got rid of Harrison Barnes. We'll talk, well yeah, let's bring that up later. No, because we're talking about winners and losers. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, what what did they give up for Harrison Barnes? I have to look back at that. I kind of forget. It, Um, it like, was not that much. No, it wasn't that much. They didn't get much back. Basically, they just wanted to get rid of his salary and also just kind of change their timeline a bit, which I think is okay. Oh, that's actually, they got back Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph. Zach, Zach Randolph, Randolph basically nothing. wasn't playing, isn't playing, and so, like, that doesn't really matter. Justin um, Jackson. Justin Jackson's a pretty solid young piece, though. I mean... He's solid. Like, he's his, just, he's his solid. His ceiling is, like, a rotational piece. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he hits his ceiling, if he fulfills his potential, he'll be, like, a guy that you want on your team, but he's, like, your seventh best player. Yeah. I, I, think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, versatile score. But so, like not overall, Mavericks took a big W this offseason. Yeah. Got two assets. One really good. One kind of good. As in Chris Epps and Justin yeah. Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that you might look at that on paper and be like, but isn't Harrison Barnes better than Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson? <laughs> and yes, yes, he is. But the Mavericks were also asking Harrison Barnes to do something that wasn't really the, his sort of ideal situation, the player that he is. I think we can agree on that. Um, because for, you know, since since signing um, Harrison Barnes from that 73-9 Warriors team, since he earned that contract, they've basically been asking him to be a shot creator and a playmaker and do a lot more offensively than he, w- than he had been. Shout out to Tim Hardaway. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's doing too. Yeah. So... I think that, well, you know, we'll get into it when we talk about the Kings, but I think that he's in a better situation now where he doesn't have to be that shot creator. And hopefully he'll buy into that. Yeah, because I think I think he's better suited for that role. Um, yeah, so the Mavericks, Mavericks took the win. They're, they're definitely a winner from this, from this trade deadline. I think that's pretty clear. Um, let's talk about the 76ers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because obviously you already talked about this in, in your solo episode sort of which if you're on apple podcast that's not released on apple podcast it's only on youtube it's i think 18 minutes so go check it out um go drop a like subscribe leave a comment let us know what you think about those solo episodes <laughs> but well, yeah so so i didn't really get a chance to talk about harrison barnes going to the 76ers tobias harris we're sorry Tobias Harris going to the 76ers. Um, I know you titled a video something like why the why that 76ers why the trade isn't as good for the 76ers as it like appears or something like that. So let, let let's talk talk about briefly like why do you think that is? I see you have them on your list down as a winner. Yes. I have them down as a loser. Really? Okay. Really? Get into it. Get into it. Because they're not going to sign Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. That's that's the short I that's answer. Fair. I think that's fair, and and that's definitely when I look at this trade on paper. The reason I have them down as a winner is because they are better right now than they were before the trade deadline. Right, they're not going to win a championship, so that just doesn't matter in my opinion. I think that this trade could be enough to make them win the East. I don't think that it. I'm not going to go out and guarantee that the here the 76ers are going to win the East, but I think that their starting five of Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Tobias Jimmy Harris. Butler, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid. <laughs> That's pretty pretty hard to stop. But their bench is even worse than it was before. For sure, they gave up they gave two Actually, shooters off their bench in yeah. uh, in uh, Mike Muscala, Mike, Mus- Mike Muscala, and um, Sh- Landry Shamit. Exactly. Um, so that's definitely going to hurt, right? That they give up shooters off their bench, but at the same time, like. I think this this trade makes their starting lineup a lot better because now that you have Tobias Harris out on the floor, you basically have four guys that can shoot at least all right around Ben Simmons, which is going to open up driving lanes for him to attack the basket, for him to you know drive and kick. It's going to open up their whole offense, and it also means that it's going to be harder to double team onto Joel Embiid if the other four guys around him are serious scoring threats. I would still say that there's only one basketball. For sure, and that's that's I think part of the problem that we're seeing with the Celtics right now. So I would hope that that doesn't carry over to the 76ers, but it definitely could. But even so, I think that right now the the Philadelphia 76ers are more likely to win the East. I just don't than think it were. matters. I just really don't think it matters. What if do you mean? What do you mean by that? If, they're, in like, if they're not a Finals favorite, yeah, which they're still not. The, one, they're but, not. They're not going to win a championship. Two, but are they? Are you willing to guarantee? Are you willing to guarantee? Are you willing to guarantee that they won't win a championship after this trade? Yeah, you can say a hundred with a hundred percent confidence like, they will like not win. Ninety-five, but at least like it's 95. ninety-five and not a hundred. I wouldn't sell. I wouldn't sell pieces of my roster for a guy that you're going to get for like forty games to have like an extra like six percent to win a championship unless but you're already it, a contender. Contender is do they do we know though that they're not going to resign Tobias Harris because I think it's pretty. Uh, they're not going to. They're, they're not going to sign. <laughs> they're not going to sign Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris. I think that. The, do they not they, have enough? Do they not physically like have enough money, or is it just it's not? It's not very likely. Both. Yeah. It, it, it's. But they, they can move some stuff around. Yeah. They're literally going to have no money to sign anyone else if they do that, though. Yeah, but I'm not sure they need to. If they can keep that starting five intact... And the, the, like, I think I just think it's very unlikely that they're also going to sign both yeah, of them back. I think I think it was likely that they were going to sign Jimmy Butler. Now they could go either I don't direction. Think, 
I don't. I think Tobias Harris is more likely to stay than Jimmy. Butler. I'm just saying it doesn't matter because this Tobias Harris trade weakens the Jimmy Butler trade. It weakens it, but as in because, because, because now, then. But in, or, anything, in order for anything, this Tobias Harris trade to be successful, then the Jimmy Butler trade has to be not successful because you don't resign him. But if, but if the could, Jimmy couldn't but- is it okay? So I answer this: Is it actually possible for them to resign? Both? Yes. Yes. They're gonna have to so like, then, move so some then stuff around. Doesn't trading Just for like, Tobias Harris make it more likely than Jimmy Butler stays? You know Why does like, it have to be? It can only be one you know, or the other. You know how like Philadelphia like moved like a bunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I understand. Try to Here. move a bunch of this stuff around to yeah, sign yeah, LeBron yeah. James. Okay, they would I get have that. To do I get that. that. Yeah, but here's but here's my question. Doesn't trading for Tobias Harris just answer with one word? Doesn't t- trading for Tobias Harris I'm not make it in one word. make it more likely that they re-sign Jimmy Butler? No. Yes or no? Trading for Tobias Harris doesn't mean Jimmy Butler is more likely to be like, okay, that's a good team. No. Let me stay there. No. How does it make any sense? Because there's one ball. I think like people care about how they play basketball. But I don't, I don't. Don't you think Jimmy Butler cares more about winning than his own stats? That's the kind of player that Jimmy Butler seems to be to me. It just doesn't really seem like a. This sounds weird. Is it, right? it, is it a perfectly seem like a good situation. ideal situation? No, but they will have if Jimmy Butler resigns and Tobias Harris resigns, they will have had a year and a half to figure it out before next year's playoffs. And then, if Kevin Durant Jimmy doesn't Butler stay, also, if Clay doesn't Jimmy stay, Butler also doesn't seem doesn't like stay. a dude to stack the teams. What do you mean? What, he just does, he doesn't seem like a dude to like. Hey, let me resign with three other all stars. Why do you? Why? But like, what makes you say that? The, the the best argument that you can make for Jimmy Butler is like, okay, Jimmy Butler has seems to be a locker room cancer based in the past few years, and maybe he it just won't work out, and he wants his team of his own. If you made that argument, I'd be like, okay, but I don't think why that's would the argument. why would Jimmy Butler not want to go play with good players? It just doesn't that just doesn't make because sense there are too many like all stars <laughs> like but like but you should at least they're, they're t- like Jimmy but- Jimmy Butler could realistically be fourth on the shot on the shot chart. Like maybe it fifth. It could happen. Like maybe fifth. It could happen. Like like but, he could be fifth, and but, you're paying him thirty three million dollars. But you should at least let this let these forty games or it's less than that, but like thirty games play out. Yeah. Okay. So this now, season, okay, and, now and, we're just and, like speculating and based off of like how well it goes. But I think. Yeah. I think if they are you saying Tobias Harris will make this team better so they like get to the finals and then Jimmy Butler will resign, or are you just saying I'm saying he just even, looks at the team on paper. Both, I think there's a chance that they get to the finals, and then Jimmy Butler's like, okay, and especially then, I, I especially could, then, if somebody see, like Kevin Durant doesn't stay in Golden State, then you're like, okay, we got this. I could see that if I still don't think it's like more likely for him to sign. I, I don't. I think really? if they All make right. the finals and steal like a game or two from the Warriors, then yeah, he's gonna resign. To be fair, like the same problem will still hold up. Like, if he wasn't happy with the number of shots he's getting, he's going to be less happy. If he wasn't happy with the locker room, he might be less happy. But at the same time, like, if this team is better than it was before, then he also could be more happy if he was already happy with the situation. I just don't think this Tobias Harris trade, like, has any correlation on whether Jimmy Butler resigns or not. I think it just has... Dude, wait, didn't you decide who it was less? I, I'm, I was just like literally just oh, yeah. arguing, arguing like there's arguing no, against more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. There's okay. no way like this increases his chance, in my opinion. That's mm. why L. F- wait, L for the 76ers. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm still, I, I still stand strong on my idea that it's a win for the 76ers. But I'm glad we got into that. Um, let's talk about. This one's not so much of a big deal, but I think it's actually very valuable. The Rockets got Amon Shumpert. The Rockets got Amon Shumpert. 
this was weird to me because I feel like they gave up, um, what's his name? James Ennis for Iman Shumpert. They literally just traded away James Ennis for nothing and then got Iman Shumpert for nothing. So they just chose him when I feel like James Ennis is just more of a wing wing in that he's like 6'8", where Shumpert's Mm. like 6'6". And they already have a bunch of guards, so why not take James? Ennis? But I think like, that he's been performing pretty well. I think that they'll play Amon Shepard as more of a wing than a guard because if you look at the way that Shump has been playing in Sacramento this season, he's, he's been lighting it up. He's like, had the best season of his career. Wrong, three and D, like he's he's been one of the more valuable three and D guys this season. One of the most valuable three and D vets this season in the league, and I think that that's exactly the kind of play that the Rockets are looking for. Whether that's an I th- and I think that's an upgrade over James Ennis, in my idea, in my eye, in my eyes. Just like okay, we're not gonna have a whole that. debate on who's better, Amon Shumpert or James yeah, yeah, Ennis, because yeah. we'll both fall asleep. But like, I but, just, I don't think it matters that yeah, much. I would just this is definitely not as guy. this is not as like polarizing of a winner losses and because Amon Shumpert isn't as good as Tobias Harris. Yeah. But it's still, I think, it's still an improvement for the Rockets. I also I don't that. know like how good of a def- how much he cares about defense, but. Not, yeah, I, not, I think he has Houston. I think he has defensive <laughs> ability though, which which That's true. in the playoffs could be very valuable. Um, Kings, let's go back to Harrison Barnes. Like we were saying before, um, he sort of played this perfect role on the Warriors, where he wasn't he didn't have to be a shot creator, but he was he could play like a small ball four and could play even like a th- like two or three like out on the wing, and and I think that he can play a lot of positions, defend a lot of positions, and can score in a few different ways. And I want to say in a lot of different ways because I think he he's not the most versatile scorer and that's what really hurt him on the Mavericks. I just but, don't um, think it matters. Like, okay, the only reason that they win is because he's slightly better than the guys they gave up and maybe mm-hmm. they'll make the eighth seed over the I don't Los even Angeles I don't even Lakers. think it's I don't even think it's this year though. But I think that because Harrison Barnes has been in the finals I don't think he's won the. Fu- yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. With the yeah, Warriors. yeah, yeah. He won one, but not more than that. Yeah. So, because he's been in the finals more than once, and he's won the finals once, he's kind of the, a, a very good vet and a very good piece to put on the wing next to guys like De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, um, Willie Cauley Stein, Marvin Bagley. I think I think I just I like the idea of that Kings core moving forward. I just don't think it matters. Fair enough. All right, let's move on to you talked about this before, the Bucks matching again the Tobias Harris firepower move, um, big How's win, it? big yeah, win. Yeah, they they had a very successful trade deadline in my opinion because while they may not re-sign Nikola Mirotic, especially because they have to re-sign guys like Chris Middleton and I think maybe Malcolm Brogdon as well. Like a lot of their roster is is a free mm-hmm. agent now. I think it's just a good move, and they didn't give up that much. Who did they give up again? Oh, sure. They made, like, another minor move for, like, Stanley Johnson or something, right? I don't know. They they got, yeah, Stanley Johnson for Thonmaker. I think that's also good, another wing player. Yeah. While he can't really shoot, so I don't know how much playing time he'll get in the playoffs. I think that he's an athletic wing, and they had, like, five or six centers that were competing for minutes, so why not trade away Thonmaker? Which kind of sucked because he had so much hype around the playoffs. Oh, or around the NBA draft. <laughs> we just mentioned Stanley Johnson. They flipped Stanley Johnson for Nikola Mirotic. 
Oh, it was duh. it was Nikola Mirotic for Stanley Johnson, Jason Smith, and Damn. multiple second round picks. I knew that. I don't know, how but I that's that. <laughs> that's kind of nothing. Like that's yeah. that's really not much to get. So yeah, they traded. Uh, they essentially traded Nikola Mirotic for Thon Maker, Stan, uh, Jason Smith, and multiple, and multiple second, second round picks, which is not much. Yeah. But then again, I guess you could say like they gave up a, some future assets for a guy who might leave after forty games. But at the same this time, tr- even just that if, 40 if you're the rental. one seed, I don't think it matters, especially because yeah, it's that, even that weren't like good future be, assets. Even that yeah, it, even that forty game rental though could prove to be very valuable because we've seen at times Nikola Mirotic just go through stretches where he just doesn't miss. He's literally just white Kalakuzma. <laughs> <laughs> he is. But like, but like I think I just think like this, you know, the new Splash Bros and uh in milwaukee with brooke lopez and nicola oh, miritich <laughs> splash they're, mountain they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna defend a lot of forwards no no they're not gonna um, get a lot but of that, rebounds that's Giannis's, either. that's Giannis's job they're not I'll gonna get a lot of see, rebounds we'll see if they start him i i don't know i, I feel like he might come off the bench um because guess, you know their starting lives have been working dude, so that'd be insane but. the chris middleton at the two Giannis at the three nico yeah. at the four that'd be sick and Bledsoe at the so, one. Yeah, that'd be so Because so Bledsoe many plays pretty big, arms. even though he's like 6'3 or something. Um, yeah. All yeah, right. That's that's a big W, in my opinion. I, I definitely think that trade, even even if it just turns out to be 40 game rental, could make a big impact this season. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about Markel Fultz. I still put this in the win column for, for Markel Fultz and maybe the Magic. Because the magic, for both. the magic took a took a bit of a risk. No, they didn't. Markel Fultz is a bit of a risk. But they didn't. But they didn't give no, up no, much. No, but I, I don't think it's a risk if you don't give up anything. Yeah, they, but it's not that they didn't give up anything. What did they give? Like they Terrence up, Ross, maybe? They, no, they gave up Jonathan Simmons. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, they gave up the, o, the OKC pick, but I'm pretty sure that's protected. But it's probably not going to end up being protected because it's going to be like the 27th overall pick. Yeah. So I don't but, really think that matters. Obviously, still though, but the only reason I say like maybe a magic, maybe the magic is because Markel Fultz was one of the biggest unknowns in the NBA. Like, I literally think that just if if you have potential, why not take exactly, a flyer yeah, 100%, on the guy? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's the that's the reason. E- like, even I would if he say, turned, even if he turns out to never be the same, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't blame the magic for making I this trade. I'd be like, you know what, make it again. It's like, definitely the I still I still have the 76ers in the win column, but this definitely to me is a little bit of a loss for them because I just don't see why you would give up Markel because he's still on a rookie contract and he's got still got potential it was and Jonathan time. Simmons like, isn't enough but Jonathan Simmons isn't enough to like make you like excited about trading Markel I like, know his potential and the, the you chance really, that you he really want to make a finals you really want to make the finals run that you were talking about with Markel yeah. Fultz on your bench like everyone look at me I'm how was the first overall draft pick see if I'm okay or not like I feel like that's a big distraction mm-hmm. and I kind in my mind when they made the Tobias Harris trade I was like damn Markel's gone yeah yeah it, it just like it was kind of time the process is complete and he's kind of shed still, a bit too early I still just think though that it's a better investment to wait a couple of years and maybe Markel is like very good again than to just give him up for not much, because you just you just call it for the magic. Nothing. You just risk nothing. So if you're the Sixers, why give up that little bit of potential for nothing? Well, like on paper, in a vacuum, I think you're right in that the magic probably got like a higher ceiling, a higher potential yeah. get back than mm-hmm. the 76ers did, which is another reason why I have the 76ers as, as an L. Yeah. However, 
I, I, the trade is understandable for on my end. It's not like the best trade, but for, I, for I, the Sixers, yeah, for the Sixers, yeah. I understand why they made it. So it's yeah. excusable in my eyes. Yeah, um, yeah. The the reason it's a win for Markel Fultz is the change of scenery is exactly what he needs. Yeah, getting out of the spotlight. Also, the Magic haven't had a good point guard since Jameer Nelson. Yeah, yeah, and and I, but I also think the only the only downside of this is. The only real downside for Markel Fultz is that, like, well, one is the Magic. I don't think the Magic are very good at player development. Yeah, that's and, like everybody's upset when the, when Mo Bamba was drafted by the Magic because people were at, yeah exactly like they suck at developing players. Yeah, and that, that's sort of a problem because Alfred Payton, Markel Fultz, very much needs player development. Um, but I think also part of it is that like for the team that drafted you with the number one overall pick to give up on you after like two seasons can't feel good yeah yeah Yeah. so so that's if if it's really just all mental and like that's his main problem that is not going to help just the fact that he got you know traded by the team that drafted him all right let's move on to the losers i think the number one most obvious one let's move on to your losers my losers the number one most obvious one to me is the lakers i didn't they didn't even pop into my mind I think that the only reason it's the Lakers is they didn't if, get AD, if right? they didn't get AD at the trade in line, you just let the Celtics walk into contention, into contention for the AD's like sweepstakes or bidding. I would put it as a neutral because they gave everything that they could give. Like I don't like I don't think like the front office took an L. I don't think the management was like didn't do their job. Like they, I they guess so, like yeah. name one more asset that yeah, they could have yeah, yeah. given up. Like maybe like a third first round pick. Like mm-hmm. no, I just don't think they could do anything. Like okay, yeah. then like the Phoenix Suns took an L because they didn't trade for Giannis. Like they didn't have the assets. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess the Lakers didn't have the assets either. I just think that with all the attention that was around it, and the, and the way that people sort of hyped it up to see like it was only a matter of time until the Lakers got AD. That it, that now with that it, it's sort of a letdown that they didn't. I guess is is my take on it so so i i still count it as a as a loss that they didn't get ad just because it went from seeming like almost a guarantee that they're gonna get ad to now who knows because the, now the celtics are in, are in contention i think that the celtics have as good of a trade package to offer as anybody um so you, you do you think you think lakers are now or you you, you still think neutral neutral yeah like okay. they didn't do anything wrong all right you have the Knicks oh, no, as an L. The Knicks is an L. I think the Kristaps trade is still an L. Double E. Okay, no, not double E. Like, neutral. Neutral? I, I'm, I'm a very big neutral guy. But because, based on... Because this whole argument that we had, go watch the video somewhere, like, there, or there, where... <laughs> <laughs> on YouTube. Where I think that they probably weren't going to re-sign Kristaps Porzingis as a restricted free yeah. agent. Well, they could have. They can force that. No, because he was going to take the qualifying offer. We've had this whole debate. But I think my, I my claim that was that, dude, we had a whole discussion on this. Remember, he was going to take the one-year, $4 million deal, and then he was going to become an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, you, but, but my point is you could still trade him in that year. Yeah, but his... Okay, we've had this whole, we've, we've had this whole debate yeah. in another episode. But basically, I think that his trade stock would have gone way down with that because he would have been under an unrestricted free agent and the okay, next yeah, would have had yeah, no leverage enough. yeah okay so i think that's just like so sort of a neutral is, they thing they had to trade yeah, him they yeah had they trade had him. to trade yeah. him 
maybe the get back wasn't what you would like, but I think they were just playing with bad cards, so I can't blame a front office for that. That's my claim. Fair enough. I, I the the way that I look at it is just purely based on a value for value standpoint. It, yeah, but they you, just didn't get back as much. You as can't they look at out. trades in a vacuum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I understand that. There's definitely like a lot more of a situation behind it, but I've already made these points of like, if we really wanted Dennis Smith, we could have drafted him instead of Frank. If you know, if we hindsight uh, is twenty twenty. That's exactly yeah, that's yeah, dumb. Yeah. That's just playing with bad cards. Yeah. I don't know. As a Knicks fan, this just like has a lot of sentimental value to it, I guess. But uh, I don't know. I the part of part of my problem with the trade is like I've heard a lot of people say that this trade is like an eye for incomplete. You know, where like you can't judge this trade for the Knicks until after the after this off season and after free agency. I disagree with that because. No matter what we get in a free agency, like that's that's a different situation. That's a different sort We've of like this end result. But that has episode. nothing to do with the trade itself. We've had this conversation. Yeah. So okay. the the Knicks lost the trade deadline to me. The Pelicans. You the, have the Pelicans as a loser. Yeah. The Pel- <laughs> I don't have. I don't even have the Pelicans. You don't have the Pelicans. I have oh, Dell Dems. Del- <laughs> <laughs> Chill. Dell Dems. <laughs> Like you see it here, Del Dubs, the Pelicans GM, was fired at the trade deadline, Bro. after the, right after the trade deadline, foul. because he didn't fire Anthony Davis. There you go. Alvin Gentry described the situation as a garbage fire afterwards, so... Bro. That pretty much I, sums I would, it up. I would just say, that, yeah, the Pelicans took an L because now Anthony Davis openly hates their franchise and played five minutes in the All-Star game. What was up with that? That was very strange. That was well, weird. he's also coming off an injury, so that like that, I heard someone say that. Yeah. Um, still but, weird um yeah that was just kind of like an l because yeah. you fired your gm after the trade deadline and, which it, is and horrible. it basically, it basically like, just means it basically just means like the pelicans front office is mad that they didn't trade anthony davis for everything the lakers were offering that that's the way i look at it and so like i put that as del Dimes because del Dimes got fired and that was a joke but like it's also kind of a serious l for uh for the pelicans Okay. As well as the Lakers, that they didn't get the deal done, because that would have been a win-win for both sides, I think. Unless the Pelicans get something better this offseason. And, and the Lakers probably offered the same package this offseason. That's true. So I don't think it necessarily means that you can't get it done this this offseason, but like maybe they would have just preferred to get it out of the way. Um, I don't know. We didn't talk about the team. Are the Clippers a winner or a loser of the NBA trade deadline? Mm, I don't even really think about that. I would say a winner. Because they got rid of Tobias Harris, who they just didn't want to sign this offseason. Fair enough. That's, Clear again, like space. playing with weird cards. And they got back a few pieces. While they're not great, you have, Land- you have Landry Shamit, you have Mike Muscala, you have an unprotected uh, Miami Heat first-round pick, which can be very valuable. And also, low-key, you traded for Zubak. Like, low-key. Which is also a they- young asset. What did they, they get got, for Zubak? They got Mike Beasley and Zubak for... Yeah, I don't even remember. I really forget. <laughs> it, it like was not anything really at all. For Mike Muscala. Oh, yeah. It's whatever. <laughs> Zubak so, and, is better than Clippers Muscala. Clippers so. low-key a winner of the NBA trade, the trade deadline in my eyes. That's fair. Yeah. I, I, can, I can get on board with that. Okay. Cool. I think we have to cut it short there. I don't think we should talk about the All-Star game. Yeah, all right. We're at, you know, 35 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. 
All right. Thank you for, li- for listening to this episode of Space of the Floor NBA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Follow, follow us on Instagram at Space of the Floor podcast and on Twitter at Space of the Floor. Links will be in the description for that. And like on YouTube, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on... Comment down below. Yeah, comment down Leave below. Leave a rating. If you disagreed with anything that we said, who's a winner, who's a loser, Let stuff like know. that. And we hope you enjoyed. My name is Connor Yeelan. And I'm Connor Flannery. And see you next time. Peace.